Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Yes, indeed, the Weekend Report is on your radio. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd. And joining me once again through the magic of modern technology from his basement as we practice proper social distancing, my co-host Chris Arps. Great to talk to you, my friend. How are you? I'm great, man. I feel like uh, Robert the Bruce. Freedom from Braveheart. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, a lot of a lot of things to talk about this week. There's the coronavirus updates. There's a lot of news stories. So we'll get into as many as we can here at the beginning of the show. We start the show usually with what we call the week in review. We'll try to get through some stories, um, and uh, we'll try to get back to some of them a little bit later on in the show. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk to the sheriff of Jefferson County, Dave Marshak. But on the show before, uh, sheriff can give us an update on. On how law enforcement and government are handling this this uh, reopening process. So we have a lot of listeners down in Jefferson County, and of course, uh, Jefferson County also. Uh, you know, they, all the counties kind of watch each other, and you know, when one does something, they see how it goes, and then they mimic each other. So um, we get some good information from. Sheriff Marshak in just a few minutes, and then at the beginning of next hour, we are going to talk to America's favorite liberal. It's been too long, Chris. Since we've had a chance to argue with Keith Antone. Well, Tony, but unfortunately for you, or fortunately, I don't know, I'm his Facebook friend. And uh, so <laughs> we get to go back and forth. And you know the way he irritates the 97.1 audience? <laughs> yeah. Um, he does the same thing with uh, my Facebook friends. Oh, well, I can't wait to uh, talk to Keith. He's always uh, got some uh, strong opinions. Let's just I, hope he has some fresh talking points this that I time. rarely disagree with. I don't know. I don't know if he's gotten the latest memo from the DNC. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out in just a little while. Did you just say you rarely disagree with his his talking points? Uh, I, I believe you did. Did I say did. rarely disagree? I meant to say uh, rarely agree. Really agree. I may okay. have said rarely disagree. <laughs> Thank you for the correction, Frank. Um, <laughs> Frank is on it. You know yeah. our producer's not falling asleep at the wheel. That's right. And we'll have another brand new Weird News Challenge with Skip Weber coming up in the next hour as well. But let's dive into some of these stories. As you mentioned, freedom. Freedom uh, appears to be on the horizon. Of course, the governor of Missouri, Mike Parson, made the announcement uh, about a week ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, that 
The state would be opening up on May 4th, which was this past Monday. And then uh, later on in the week, uh, Sam Page and Lida Cruson made the announcement that St. Louis City and St. Louis County would start their reopening process on May 18th. So that is uh, just a little bit more than a week away as well. Uh, what do you think about this timeline? And do you think that we're doing the right thing? I think we are doing the right thing. I think the city and the county should be open fully like the state is on uh, back on May 4th. But, you know, springtime is here. People want to get out of the house. I think we've seen the flattening of the curve. And for me personally, I think once you really look at the statistics that the majority of the people that have gotten this virus are people with chronic underlying conditions or they're elderly. And so your chance of contacting it if you're relatively healthy and being severely disabled with it are low. Doesn't mean I'm not going to take any chances. I'm not that type of conservative that um, has a problem with wearing wearing masks in public. I'll do that, protect myself and my family. Um, I hope that we start getting more sanitizer in so you can start carrying that around with you and if you can't wash your hands. But I think if you take precautions and people wear masks and you limit the space that people can be in restaurants and movie theaters, I think that we can be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that that idea that different counties do different things, and we'll talk to Sheriff Marshak in the next segment about what's happening down in Jefferson County. But and I and I'm a big proponent of local control because what is happening, you know, in Florissant is a lot different than what is happening in Cape Girardeau and what is happening on the other side of the state in a place like Joplin. So. I like the idea of of the local leaders having local control, but what that does cause sometimes is I don't know if you saw any of the pictures from the Lake of the Ozarks last weekend, but since the since the big cities are still closed down and the the state was getting ready to open and and, and everybody was down there, and I had uh, I had friends that were in fishing tournaments down there last weekend that said that the lake was as bad as any, or maybe even worse as any 4th of July Memorial Labor Day weekend because people were flocking to places like that where they could do more and they could get out more than they could in some of the big cities, and that can create a problem. I mean, you, you know, you're trying to go somewhere like the lake, and, and it's as crowded as, you know, one of the major metropolitan areas. It's kind of one of those things that that shows if everybody's not on the same page, it can create some uh, unforeseen issues. Well, it also creates a possible problem that if all of these people are congregating together and aren't practicing social distancing, those folks after the weekend or is over are going back home. Yeah. And if they potentially have COVID, they're spreading into all the corners of the state. And some people come in from out of state and uh, to the lake. So, I mean, there's a potential problem problem with that. When Sam Page made the announcement that he would be uh, starting the reopening process of St. Louis County on May 18th, he also said that he was considering a provision that would allow businesses to institute a no-mask, no-service policy. So basically businesses could legally refuse people that aren't wearing a mask if they want to. What do you think of, uh, of that? Well, Tony, I hope this is uh, something that we will agree on. This is my uh, civil libertarian nature of myself, 
that I think that if a business uh, wants to make sure that people uh, have masks on and or they're not going to give them service, I don't have a problem with that. It's the same uh, concept to me that no shirt, no shoes, no service. I completely agree. You want to be a business that says that, then it's A-OK with me. If I owned a business, I don't think I would do that, but I completely I completely support your right to do so. That's the libertarian view there, Tony. I, I know. Uh, would you, <laughs> if you owned a business, would you would you enforce that rule? Do you think that would be the, the, the wise way to go for your you know your staff and your customers? I, I think I would probably enforce it only because that we don't have a a, uh, a vaccine yet for this. Or, so you have to create confidence that your establishment is safe and you're taking mm-hmm. all the precautions that, that you can to make sure that your customers feel welcome and safe. So I would probably institute something like that personally. Yeah, a lot of uh, – yeah, I, I mean I would definitely do I – think, I think social distancing is the, is the, the more – effective way of doing that. I would make sure that we had some, uh, if I had a business, this fictional business that we're now talking about, uh, I would uh, would really enforce social distancing guidelines, but I don't know if I'd do the mask thing. Um, while we still have a few minutes left in this first segment, uh, let's get into one of the big stories of the week, and this is the situation with the Texas salon owner who was sentenced to a week in jail and fined $7,000 for opening her business, which defied uh, the governor down there in Texas's stay-at-home guidelines. She said that she had to open to pay the bills and to feed her kids. And many are accusing the judge of a political stunt. And uh, people that are accusing him of that are people including the attorney general, Ken Paxton of Texas, and the governor, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, called for the immediate release of the salon owner. And this has uh, started to work itself out as the week has gone on. Um, the uh, the judge, uh, in my opinion, was, was grandstanding, and the opinion of many others were grandstanding, as he told the salon owner that he wouldn't put her in jail if she simply admitted publicly in his court that she was selfish. Is that how the law works? Well, this judge is, is an example of why some people uh, don't like the justice system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a judge here who, you know, we've all been in front of a municipal judge when we've been caught for speeding or whatever. And, you know, these people have absolute power. They can put you in jail. They can do what they do, do what they want. Look, I'm not going to condone what the owner of the salon did. Look, I understand her plight and her problem that she needs to feed her children. But if we just have people just defying laws, then you have anarchy. And so the judge could have told her that, could have given her a, a fine, $500 a day or something until she until she complied. But you're right, Tony. He was grandstanding, and to make her grovel in front of him for her freedom yeah. is admit uh, to me something that, that you don't want to see in yeah, America. Tell me you're sorry and, and admit that you were selfish, and I'll let you go. That is sick. That is disgusting. <laughs> and and I agree with you. I agree with you about the – I don't think that that it's okay that she just – opened her business and defied orders. But when you have a state like Texas, which is one of many states that we've talked about on this show that have let violent criminals out of prison because they are trying to reduce the prison population to slow the spread of coronavirus in prisons, you're going to put this salon owner in jail and you're letting violent criminals out. 
There's something wrong with that. I, fines, I, I think that she, I think the appropriate uh, punishment in that situation is a fine. And uh, again, I don't condone her opening up, but I do think this judge took a very uh, political opportunity to grandstand and um, uh, it, I, hopefully it backfired on him. Well, it looks like it does. You know, this has become a national uproar. You have the governor of Texas, the attorney general uh, of Texas getting involved. So I, I think this is a black eye on the justice system uh, as a whole. And I think it's a black eye on this uh, particular judge. Speaking of a uh, black eye on the justice system coming up a little bit later on this hour, we're most out of time in this segment. So I want to save it for a little bit later. I want to uh, talk to you about the situation down in Georgia. I have some very Strong opinions on that uh, shooting situation down there, and um, uh, I'm sure that you do too. So uh, we will save that discussion for a little bit later in the show. Make sure you stick around for that. Right now, we're going to take our first break, and when we get back, as I mentioned, we are going to talk to the Sheriff of Jefferson County, Dave Marshak. Sheriff Marshak is going to join us. We'll get some updates and some information from him on how that county is handling this uh, reopening process. So don't go anywhere. We'll take a quick break and be back with more Weekend Report. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd. Chris Arps is connected from his home. And in just a moment, we will be talking to the sheriff of Jefferson County. Sheriff Dave Marshak will be joining us. Just want to remind you quickly about our podcast. Thank you to everybody who downloads the podcast on a weekly basis. You can get it in many places. Uh, my favorite place to get it, uh, I would suggest the Radio.com app, which is a free app. And once you have it, all you have to do is favorite the radio station, and then you basically have one-stop shopping for everything here at 97.1 FM Talk. You can stream the station 24-7. You can take advantage of the Radio Rewind feature, and you can download the podcast of this and every other show on the station right there. And again, it is all free. Very convenient, very cool app, radio.com app. Go and check it out. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get Sheriff Marshak in, uh, connected here on the line. And it's always great uh, to talk to the sheriff. Uh, sheriff Marshak, can you hear us? How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing, well. doing, doing good. Yeah, that's great. Uh, how are things down there in Jefferson County? You know, things are going uh, well for us. No complaints. Uh, you know, our county 
uh, has continued to have open parks and areas for people and our citizens to get out and enjoy nature. And so uh, as the county executive has opened up the county further with the consistent with the governor's orders, uh, things are going smooth for us down here. Yeah, we were just talking about it, that in the last segment, how the governor, you know, he, his reopening process started uh, about a week ago on May 4th. And then here in the city of St. Louis and in St. Louis County, they made the announcement that they're going to go ahead and start opening up on May 18th. Uh, which are you guys, you guys are more following the governor's style. So you're a little ahead of what is happening uh, here in the city and in St. Louis County. Uh, correct. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's correct. And we didn't have, uh, you know, the number of cases that St. Louis city or St. Louis County had. And so certainly uh, that weighed in on the decision by our County executive. And of course, you know, he's a businessman and uh, he understands the, uh, economic impact associated with some of these decisions to close restaurants and other businesses. And um, as a former owner of many restaurants and hotels, uh, he keeps that in perspective and uh, really wanted to see the economy uh, open up some and uh, keep businesses and the livelihoods of those associated with it going. And what is the what's the general consensus down there, and or is there one? Is it is it split, or is there uh, uh, is, is there weight to one side or the other on as far as uh, people think that you're right on track, that you should be open back up, that they're ready to get back to work, they're ready to restaurants and, and theaters and everything to be open back up, or do people want to, or do people think it's going a little too fast? I, hey, listen, I think uh, Jefferson County is consistent with uh, everybody else in the area. It's a very polarizing subject. I think you have uh, many people who are very concerned about uh, the rapid pace at which we're opening up. And yet you have another segment of the population that realizes there's a significant economic impact and uh, failure to act on it uh, is going to leave us in a worse situation. I mean, you know, there's not enough money to go around and, and certainly there's a huge economic toll uh, yet to be seen. The ripple effect has not stopped. And uh, and so I think the perspective of the majority of the people are like, you know, we understand that there's risks associated with this, but they also recognize they can't just shut an economy down without major consequences. Chief, reports are coming in from around the country that crime has dropped very steeply. Have you seen that in Jefferson County? And what type of crimes, if any, are, are being reported now? What, what kind of type of crimes are you seeing? Well, I can tell you that uh, I get daily updates from law enforcement agencies around the entire country. Um, and there's no consistency, at least that I can tell. I mean, I've mm -hmm. seen uh, jurisdictions have uptick and increases in certain crimes. And then uh, different jurisdictions will drop. Um, and maybe, you know, some segments of crimes will go up and others down. So, I would say there's a lack of consistency in Jefferson County. We've seen some numbers decrease. We've seen um, stolen vehicles decrease, but we've seen domestic incidents increase. Um, some of them, you know, might think are predictable, but uh, we've seen uh, decreases in some sex crimes because I think there's a lack of reporting. Uh, so, you know, the crime, it, it's pretty difficult to look at short term unless there's huge spikes. We'll take a look and see what it looks like over a quarter, see what kind of, um, real impact this uh, COVID response has had on crime. Hmm. Sheriff Marshak, are you in, uh, 
preparing for or worried about any unique issues that would come along with opening things back up? For example, you know, when restaurants open back up, there a lot of them are going to have, you know, only allow 25 or 50 percent capacity. Same thing with movie theaters and, you know, buildings still have, you know, limits on the amount of people that can come in. Uh, are you guys uh, are you guys preparing for any uh, any specific unique challenges with um, opening Jefferson County back up? I mean, obviously, this is a uh, public health issue, and it has pretty limited uh, impact on law enforcement. I mean, obviously, we've made some changes. I will tell you that I visited uh, Frankie Giannino's restaurant on Wednesday. Hmm. I thought they did an excellent job uh, spacing everybody appropriately. Uh, They had several uh, measures to make sure that their customers were safe. And, you know, I think the businesses uh, that I've visited in Jefferson County have done a great job. Uh, meeting expectations for social distancing and to make sure uh, the environment was clean and safe for everybody. I, you know, I, I always have the concerns, just as anybody does. Um, we have to. I think we have to take part of this serious. But at the same time, um, I think the businesses in Jefferson County are going about it the right way, uh, at least the ones that I've visited. Go ahead, Chris. Chief, you know law enforcement agencies always have to be prepared for the unexpected. Did did you ever prepare for a pandemic, and how did you prepare at all if you did? (laughs) That's a great question, and no. uh, (laughs) No, I I will tell you that uh, through many of the years that I had in special operations post-9-11, you know, the tactical teams did a number of different uh, training components to work on uh, chemical, you know, biohazard situations. And it was pretty limited, and it was, in a sense, it was short-lived. Uh, as a general practice, law enforcement did did not prepare for this. Um, I will tell you that uh, as a result of, you know, the possibility of bloodborne pathogens and being contaminated by that, law enforcement was always pretty good about um, uh, sterilization and keeping things clean. Uh, obviously, we come in contact with a lot of different people with different diseases, but I will tell you that law enforcement has not prepared for anything like this and never saw this coming. It's a it's a really interesting. I mean, how could you how could you see something like this coming? Uh, is there has there been anything that you have heard about or experienced? Uh, down in Jefferson County that is, uh, uh, is there is there a is there an industry that seems to be something that everybody is wanting to get back to? Are the restaurants getting, you know, hit hard? Are the movie theaters, bowling alleys? Um, is there is there is it just a, a, a seem to be a rush back to normal life or are people in down there being more tentative about about getting back? And maybe it's not the big rush that some of these business owners thought it was going to be. I think it's slow going. Obviously, the entertainment industry is taking a hit. Uh, Jefferson County is no exception uh, to uh, the impact that's going on, uh, both from a regional perspective uh, and across the country. I will tell you that um, from a law enforcement perspective, you know, one of the things that we've been guarding against um, for quick transitions is um, is really the perspective of, (laughs) believe it or not, the gun stores. Um, had some concerns about the flood of activity, but they remained mm. open. And, um, you know, I, I think from a law enforcement perspective, we've really had to push back maybe on some politicians from time to time that would um, want or suggest that we take a more active role in 
uh, either screening people or asking questions prior to entry into government buildings. And, um, and that's not really our role. I mean, we're, we're here like everybody else and we're part of our community and we're going to get through this with our community. Uh, we're not going to be in opposition to any member of our community. Um, as we move forward on this. Yeah, got a few minutes left with Sheriff Dave Marshak, the Sheriff of Jefferson County. Chris, you got another question? I do. Chief, following up to my previous question, what lessons have you learned from this as a community uh, leader, a public official uh, from this whole pandemic situation? You know, obviously uh, there was a lack of preparation, uh, both from a law enforcement perspective and I think as uh, a government organization as a county. I think there is, um, you know, I think in hindsight now, and uh, when we look at how we responded to this, I, I think we'll have a roadmap moving forward. And um, and so I think it, we will prepare ourselves better, both in terms of uh, finances, in terms of resources, in terms of planning, uh, policies, procedures, implementation. Um, after the first time, I think uh, next time will be much smoother, believe it or not. And I think we'll have that roadmap um, as we, you know, debrief how we, you know, how did we do on this? And um, did we meet our own expectations? And I, I think there's a lot of learning that can be done from it. Sheriff, how long do you plan to have uh, whatever safety precautions uh, that you have in place for your officers now? I know that there has, you know, you guys have, have uh, had certain safety uh, procedures that you have been using throughout this process. Uh, what are those? Uh, some of the some of the uh, you know more general ones, and how long do you plan on keeping those in place? Well, I think from a law enforcement perspective, we don't want to uh, jump the gun, so to speak, and um, you know forget about all the different things that we've done to keep ourselves and our community safe. I think they'd be very short sighted. I mean. Mm-hmm. Long-term, we don't know what the exposure risks are going to be, but I will tell you that uh, our officers are ready to get back to work, and they continue to uh, make arrests. They um, evaluate some of the circumstances to whether it should be involved in a physical arrest or rather a summons. Um, But our officers are out there doing what they're supposed to be doing, and uh, I think as we move forward, uh, they'll be a little bit more aggressive in terms of law enforcement um, just mitigating the risk. So I, I think as they become more comfortable, um, it's not going to take us long to get back to our normal business. We're just about out of time here with Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County. Sheriff, where's a good place for people to go to get information about what's happening down in the county and, you know, what you know what the rules are, what has opened up, what, you know, just to, just to kind of keep up to speed with... Um, with everything as as we go through this reopening process? You know, you can always check out our uh, website at jcsd.org, and uh, I'm always on Twitter kind of updating everybody uh, at Sheriff Marshak. I appreciate uh, appreciate your time. I will tell you that uh, things are going good in Jefferson County, and it's good to see the uh, businesses back open, and uh, I'd like to see St. Louis County follow suit in a safe and uh, careful way, but... Um, I think we're going to get through this together, and things are going well. Yeah, very good stuff. And you mentioned the gun stores a, a bit ago. Sheriff Marshak's a regular on Second Amendment Radio as well, and we know that the the run on those gun stores has been um, has has been amazing. Uh, I love to see the business. I love to see the business, <laughs> and I love to uh, I love the fact that people are getting out and uh, still uh, 
shooting and enjoying themselves in the outdoors. Yeah, as the weather gets nicer and nicer, it's a great opportunity to get out and enjoy the great outdoors. So I hope that uh, people uh, are either reintroducing or introducing to them themselves of that, and maybe that can be one of the one of the few good things to come out of this pandemic situation. Sheriff Marshak, Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County, thanks for your time, sir. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks. Have a good day. You, you too. Thank you. All right, got to take another quick break. Got more to talk about. One more segment to go this hour. And then in the next hour, we're going to talk to America's favorite liberal, Keith Antone. It's always great to argue with Keith. And we'll have a new edition of the Weird News Challenge with Skip Weber a little bit later on as well. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app To the weekend report, 97.1 FM Talk. Big thank you to Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County for joining us in that last segment. If you missed it, make sure you download in our podcast. Get the podcast in many places, but the radio.com app is my suggested place for you to get our podcast. Got one more segment to go this hour. Got a couple of big stories that I want to touch on before we talk to Keith Antone, America's favorite liberal, at the top of next hour. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd and my co-host Chris Arps is uh, connected via technology to the Arps compound uh, somewhere hidden away in uh, the St. Louis metro area as we practice proper social distancing. Uh, good stuff there from the sheriff, Chris. It was good stuff. It was interesting to uh, get his insight on lessons that he has learned and uh, just the type of crime that has gone down. I think it was uh, very insightful. I always love to have him on. Absolutely. Um, so two big stories this week, and it's very interesting to see that the news cycle is starting to slowly get back to normal. Um, there was a long period of time here over the last couple of months where nothing was getting any attention besides coronavirus. There were no other news stories happening. Everything else was getting uh, brushed aside. But we've we've got a couple of big news stories that happened this week that are not coronavirus related. Um, I want to address the shooting down in Georgia in a moment. But uh, first, 
want to get your thoughts on the uh, developments with the General Michael Flynn case. A lot of uh, revelations in the Supreme Court is no longer going to – they've dismissed the case. Uh, General Flynn will not be facing any charges. Seems to be very devastating for the Democrats and the Mueller report. And a lot of the accusations that were made about uh, the general and the Trump campaign early on. What are your thoughts on the recent developments uh, with Michael Flynn? Well, Tony, I give you another clue that can tell you that uh, we're getting back to normal. Uh, the Trump administ- the Trump campaign, excuse me, announced Friday that they were going to do a multi-million dollar ad campaign against Joe Biden. So I think that kind of tells you that we're out of the coronavirus uh, news cycle and we're about to to get back into politics. But regarding Michael Flynn, I mean, once those allegations or that revelation came out that they basically entrapped him and knew what he was going to say anyway, but was going to see um, if he was going to, to lie about it, even though it didn't incriminate him. I think was enough evidence, enough cover for Barr and the administration to exonerate him. I will say this, though, and this has kind of fallen by the wayside. You know, uh, Flynn was also charged with lobbying for a foreign government, Turkey, uh, while he was uh, being considered for national security advisor, was on the transition team, and after um, he was appointed to that. And uh, that's blatantly a conflict of interest and illegal. Um, But that charge seems to have fallen by the wayside. Democrats like to point out that uh, he pleaded to the charge uh, twice, uh, pleaded guilty twice to the charge. But they don't mention that they were squeezing his son, that they were going to prosecute him if he didn't uh, plead guilty. So I think this is a mess. Democrats are going to try to make hay out of it for the 2020 election. But I think the facts are, are on their side. It is interesting to me to hear the president talk about what a great man Michael Flynn is and how he was wronged and he's, you know, nothing but uh, full of integrity. But it was this president that was very angry with the general for lying to the vice president. I mean, that still happened. So it's it's kind of funny to me that the president, you know, suddenly just forgot that he was mad at the general. I mean, you can you can have both. You can be both things. You can think he's he's innocent of the charges, but still be angry with him for something he did. It doesn't have to be he's a great man. You know, it can't it doesn't have to be just, you know, black or white. I think Trump looks at it this way. Look, it looks kind of hypocritical that I'm praising him one minute while the other minute I fired him because of this. But I think Trump puts it in the overall big picture that this points to the deep state trying to take me out and trying to use Flynn to do it. And so if I've got to look a look a, a little bit hypocritical in order to expose the deep state and their shenanigans, um, I'm willing to do it. Yeah. Uh, where does it go from here? Does it get I mean, if you really want to dig into this a little bit, I mean, you could – there's some really bad stuff that the FBI did, Peter Struck, James Comey, all the popular names. Well, you got to remember, they could, Tony. I they mean, could this go is after not these over. guys. Yeah, I that's mean, what I'm saying. Remember, the attorney general uh, appointed a, uh, an, a uh, district or whatever they call them to investigate this, and the guy is from St. Louis. Yeah, should and they? So, is that is that a, is that proper course or 
What do you, yeah, what, I mean, what do you well, want? this is this is what the attorney general has decided to investigate the investigation, and there are reports that preliminary reports of that investigation are going to be released this this month, which are going to be even damaging to the FBI and 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 what they tried to do during during the campaign of spying on Trump and trying to uh, put yeah. together this Russia collusion narrative. I'm not sure the general public completely understand. I'm not sure I completely understand uh, every piece of this story. I definitely don't think the general public does, but I think if if the Republicans are able to communicate uh, the way that the Democrats and, and some liberal-minded or Democrat-assisting people like James Comey and, and others within the FBI uh, – acted through this situation it could be devastating for them but i don't know that you know i don't know that, Tony, that information what, is one out of the there. most devastating things in politics is when you use up use people's own words against them and you have peter struck in the text messages between him and his lover you have the uh paper that came out where the fbi is talking about do we want flynn to lie and what's the plan here is it to get him to lie and blah blah i think once all of that comes out i yeah. think the public can easily digest that when you see these people's words um in in their in, in their own words i heard an interview with, with trey gowdy a little bit earlier this week where he talked about how james comey basically single-handedly brought down the credibility of the greatest law enforcement agency on planet earth and being the fbi so uh i thought that was a very um i thought it was a very accurate and uh interesting statement that you know, just a couple of bad actors have really put a stain on uh, the FBI's reputation that I hope they're able to recover. Uh, I want to change uh, topics here and uh, shift to the situation down in Georgia with the shooting of the unarmed black man, uh, Ahmad Aubrey. This case, um, it happened several months ago and it had been deemed a self-defense situation. But now, thank God. Uh, there has been some cell phone footage that has surfaced that seems to show quite the different story. I know you wrote about uh, how you feel about this on your Facebook page. I would I would encourage everyone to go and and read that. But uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on what is happening with the um, Ahmad Arbery case in Georgia. Well, to be honest with you, I hadn't heard anything about it. Um, I started seeing inklings, inklings of it uh, coming on Facebook. But to be honest with you, I wasn't too interested in it because we've seen too many of these cases where uh, what we hear at first, you know, people think that's the truth. And then more information comes out and we find out this happened. So um, it wasn't something that I was uh, too interested in. Yeah. But uh, somebody kind of called me out on it and was like, you know, you should look at this and, you know, and, and, and you need to speak out on it. And I looked at the video and I was sickened by it. And uh, this is what I wrote. I said, I usually like to wait until all the facts come out before commenting on sensitive cases like this. There have been too many times where a case seemed cut and dry and then later additional information comes out that completely changes the nature of the case. To be honest, I don't particularly like commenting on these cases for two reasons, but now I feel must to thwart the criticism that I'm not commenting because I want to please my white Facebook fans. I've heard this criticism before, and also because I'm supposed to be a, quote, black conservative leader, I've been told it's my obligation to speak out. 
As I said, I don't like commenting on these cases before all the facts come out because, one, you'll undoubtedly have the idiots on one side who will automatically blame the victim and say it was their fault for getting themselves shot. And then, two, on the other side, you'll have those idiots who will take this isolated incident and will characterize it as a microcosm of race relations in this country. I care deeply and I'm deeply disturbed that it seems this innocent man was shot and killed by, for the simple act of jogging down his public street. The two people responsible for the shooting should have been arrested and charged. Why that hasn't happened, I have no earthly idea, but it sure gives credence that race is or was a factor. The Trump Justice Department should be investigating to get to the bottom of this. Summer's coming, and even though we're in the midst of a global pandemic, people will take to the streets, probably violently, to demand justice if they perceive the shooter is getting away with murder. This needs to be thwarted, and the killer or killers need to be charged and then, and then let justice take its its course. Well said. That and is. And this was uh, this was uh, this was the day before that. Uh, this was Thursday. Yeah, that's that's that is uh, very well said. And uh, you know, you could always follow Chris on on Facebook, and, you know, and read that. And ChrisFrars.com too. Yes. Yep. And um, uh, check out his his columns whenever he decides he's going to start writing them again. <laughs> 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 calling you out yeah <laughs> uh but i couldn't agree with you more uh, very very well said what it does to uh race relations is what this story is doing to race relations is very sad and i agree with you that this is not a representation of the overall country's position where we're at as far as race relations, but it certainly is going to uh, be reported that way, unfortunately, by uh, many media outlets. But being a huge uh, Second Amendment supporter, um, a, a huge advocate for being able to defend your life with a firearm if you're put in that position, uh, if these Two men that killed Ahmad Aubrey in Georgia don't spend the rest of their life in prison. Something has gone wrong. There's there's something wrong with the justice system in Georgia because it's you know it's it's you never want to say you know you want to like you said in in, in your statement there it's you hesitate rightfully to take an absolute statement. Uh, after seeing just a few seconds of cell phone footage, but it's so it's so telling. Uh, what what we see in that video is is not self defense. It's two people who decided that they were going to be uh, that they thought they were going to be some type of hero, uh, some type of, of of neighborhood watch hero, and wrongfully identify uh, one man as as being a criminal um, because he vaguely matched some description that they had heard about. And they decided they were going to be uh, tough guys, and, and things got out of hand, and they murdered him. They murdered Ahmaud Aubrey, and they need to pay the price for that, in you my know, opinion. Tony, that post had over 200 comments. And like I wrote in the post, it had the polar opposites. You know, I had a family member of mine, my first cousin, 
You know, she said that this is happening every day in America. And when is this going to stop? Black men are being hunted down. And then you had the other opposite. There was a, a white Facebook friend who said who basically blamed uh, Ahmad Arbery because he said because he lunged at the shotgun. And I'm like, dude, if it's my life, uh, you know, in the balance here, here was here was Ahmad Arbery's choice to me. He could either try to run away and get shot in the back. Or you either try to get the gun away from the guy and save your life. Well, he did try so to run I, away at so first. So I don't think lunging turns the gun automatically yeah. assumes that he was the aggressor and needed to be shot. I think that's just a horrendous argument. He was being run down. I mean, yeah. The, the, but you have those people that have said that. Well, he and you see, you're seeing but that the on bottom Facebook line people is, saying he lunged at the he yeah. lunged at the at the guy. But he should have never been in that position. They put him and themselves in that position oh, by running down and stopping an innocent man who was jogging down a public street, as you mentioned. And again, as the host of a show that's called Second Amendment Radio, <laughs> I I am disgusted by that video, and I hope that uh, that justice. I I I don't know. Maybe I'm being Pollyannish or something, but I'm. I'm confident that justice will prevail down there, and those two guys will go to jail where they where they absolutely belong. Uh, all right, we got to take. I'd uh, never put Pollyannish and Tony Colombo in the same sentence. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Uh, all right, we need to take a quick break. That's going to wrap up our number one. Got a full second hour coming up for you. We're going to, of course, talk to Skip Weber a little bit later on and play a brand new edition of the Weird News Challenge. And when we get back, we are going to talk to our friend Keith Antone, America's favorite liberal, is going to join us on the Weekend Report. Uh, don't go anywhere. Always a very interesting discussion. Discussion with Keith. You don't want to miss it. Uh, you're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. It's hour number two of The Weekend Report on your radio. Thank you so much for listening. If you missed anything from that first hour, we covered a lot of ground uh, in that first hour, a lot of stories. We talked about the situation down in Georgia. We talked about the Texas salon owner. We talked about Michael Flynn. Had a great conversation with Sheriff Dave Marshak from Jefferson County. If you missed any of it, don't forget about our podcast. You can download our podcast absolutely free in many places. The Radio.com app is my favorite place to get the podcast. Uh, the app is free. You download it, your favorite 97.1 FM talk, and then you have access to everything. You can stream the station 24-7. You can rewind live radio with the Radio Rewind feature, and you can download the podcast of this and every other show on the station all right there on the app. And again, all of it is free. Free, so please go and check that out. Got a great hour uh, lined up for you here. Coming up in a few minutes in the next segment, Skip Weber is going to be joining us for a brand new edition of the Weird News Challenge. We'll see if producer Frank Ladd 
can uh, start a winning streak after his first ever victory in that game last week. Uh, So stick around for that. And as I mentioned, joining us now is our friend, America's favorite liberal. It's been too long since we talked to Keith Antone. Keith, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fine, Tony. What's up, Chris? I thought you guys would maybe uh, put me on the on the blacklist. No pun intended. I mean, uh, <laughs> Keith, Keith, no before way. we start, no way. Before we start, have you gotten new talking points? Oh, geez. Uh, well, Chris, you know I'm I'm going to remain with mine as just as 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 your side remains with yours. I mean, so <laughs> and you know, and you know you know the script. But mine's are fresh, friend. Hey. Huh? Mine are fresh. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Hey, Keith, before we before we uh, start arguing and we delve into politics, uh, in that last segment, at the end of the last hour there, uh, Chris and I really got into the situation in Georgia with the shooting of uh, Ahmaud Arbery. Um, uh, before we before we get into politics, I, I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about um, uh, give your your thoughts and opinions on uh, what's happening down there in Georgia. Well, it's it's sad. Uh, yesterday uh, was his 26th uh, birthday, um, and it really hits close to home for me having two African American males. One 20 at Mizzou. One lives out in St. Peter's. He's 24. I've got uh, several nephews in the 20s. And, you know, it's just unfortunate that as African-Americans, we have to have the talk. And even, you know, when you, you know, you do have the talk about, you know, how to interact with the police and and when you have these things come up. From what I've seen on the tape, this looks like uh, the the, the one, the son was, was, was getting his butt dealt to him pretty good. And the father just, you know, was just lost his cool being a former police officer and 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 they struggled with the gun and, and shot him and it's unfortunate you know and I don't want to I, I never want to rush the judgment but it's just you know when I see something like this played out over and over and over and over and over and over is that enough overs <laughs> to, 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 to black and brown you know young men, you know, I have to think. I have to say to myself, as a as a parent, first and foremost, um, this 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 doesn't happen uh, very frequent in the white community. It just doesn't. And you know, um, here we go. Here we go again. And so, you know, my prayers are with the family. I hope justice is served uh, swift, fast, and in a hurry. Um, whatever that may be. Amen to that. You know. Amen to that. And Keith, we could probably. Uh, debate a little bit about the politics of the situation and how it's affected race relations and where we are with race relations. But I don't want to get into the politics of this of this story yet. It's it's too soon. Uh, but I can definitely agree with you on this, that uh, Ahmad was murdered and the two people that did it. Uh, that is not a case of self-defense in any way, shape no. or form, in my opinion. He was murdered, yeah. and those two uh, guys need to go to jail for the rest of their lives. And I think that we, that you and I can agree with that. And I know Chris is on that on that same page as well. And I uh, uh, recommend to anybody. Chris read his Facebook page or uh, his Facebook post uh, in that last segment. If you missed it, go and check out uh, Chris Arps's uh, Facebook page. It's always a great place to go, and ChrisArps.com as well uh, to 
see Chris's thoughts on it because I thought uh, what my partner said was spot on. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. It yeah. really was. And, you know, it's probably only the second time since I've been friends with Chris that I agree with him on something. So, <laughs> you, 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 know, you know, what I want to ask Keith, Keith, but do you, you know, this is a horrible incident. I'll agree with you. And we've seen too many of these incidents on tape. But do you believe this is a microcosm of race race relations in America? I, I I really do, guys. I really do. I think we're we're I think we're taking three steps back um, every time this happens. You know when you know it's 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 a difficult difficult situation and call when it's a police officer doing his job and and you know uh, and, and a young man uh, is, is is presumed to be have, have, have broken the law. But when you have citizens this reminds me of the trayvon martin uh my boys were that age uh the exact age of trayvon and my boys have been profiled even up at mizzou my son plays on the football team he's a great student he's never been in trouble and he and three other football players were going to the facility and were pulled over you know and they had to take a football coach one of the coaches to run out and say hey what's going on for the guy to say, oh, they were swerving. Yeah, they got nervous because here they are in Columbia, Missouri. They're all from big cities, and there you are telling them. So, yeah, I, I just I, – I really do think that it does. And, and as usual, just like with the O.J. Simpson case, just like with Trayvon Martin, just like with a lot of things, it does fall down racial lines. And very rarely, you know, do I see like what, you know, Tony just said. I saw a couple of other of my white friends say the same thing that this was just flat-out murder. But there's going to be a great percentage of whites that are going to be, hey, you know, just no matter what, before the fact, he probably did something and he got what he deserved. And there's going to be blacks that say, here we go again with white folk killing black boys. So I don't, you're damn if you do, damn if you don't. I, I just, I just, this sure ain't, just sure in the hell ain't helping. And it doesn't help that our president has been silent on this one as well. When he could come out when these things happen, he could be the great healer instead of the great president and divider. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I'm just going to say the president did release a statement on Friday. He said that he hadn't seen the video, but uh, it was horrible with that. But he sent out his condolences uh, to the family. Well, so, and, and like I, I said, I, in I, all fairness, just, I wanna, he did release that. I, I do want to. I do want to change the subject, but like I said, maybe sometime down the line we should have the uh, discussion about race relations because I, I definitely don't agree with everything that you said there, Keith. But uh, the bottom line is we are in complete agreement about um, uh, about what actually happened down there in Georgia and that this was not self-defense. It was cold-blooded murder. It was completely wrong, and those two guys need to go to jail. Um, well, I'm glad. Guys, call me because uh, uh, and, and 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 ask me my opinion, and I'm so glad, and that's why you always have me on because you know daggone well I'm on the side of right and justice, and you guys are usually wrong. So you you're right. I mean, you're, uh, huh? Uh, uh, right. I, I flip that here, one in. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the subject with this one. A new poll came out this week that was conducted to uh, Democratic voters. And Democratic voters uh, in this poll uh, pretty overwhelmingly said that they wanted Joe Biden to select Elizabeth Warren as his vice president. 
Um, what do you think, as a Democrat, uh, do you agree with that? Do you think that Elizabeth Warren is the right pick for Joe Biden? And if not, who would you like to see uh, the former vice president select? I I, I would go, <laughs> excuse me, guys, I would go 1,000% with Elizabeth Warren. Now, hmm. I'm an African-American male, and I, 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 I argue with my African-American friends about he should pick a black lady. It should be a lady, black lady. If we got, if we want a chance against Donald Trump in this climate, he better go Elizabeth Warren or a young white male. That's it. That's all. You heard me say it. She, 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 she certainly could have been presidential. Uh, 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 she's got all of the qualities where she could be a would have been a great president. Um, Except she can't but, win any elections. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'm even in her own state. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. And, and, and you know what? That doesn't mean I guarantee you that 90 percent of the people that, 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 that have thought about running um, that did not run would be better than uh, most of the people that we have serving us in not only St. Louis City, uh, Jefferson City and, 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 and in Washington, D.C. There's a lot of good people that won't run, be, you know, that I think that would be great leaders. Um, and better than some of the ones that we have now, but that's another topic. But I, I, I'm, I'm with him. I, you know, if he picks Elizabeth, uh, great. Uh, I've, I've heard the name Como come out a couple of times. I, I'd go with that one. But I think we would go and we would surely hand Donald Trump and his cronies another four years if he picks a, a, an African-American woman. That's, that's it. Go ahead, Chris. Keith is, Keith is right about Elizabeth Warren in regards that she brings, hopefully, to the Democratic Party the Bernie Sanders supporters who said that they will not support uh, Biden if he is a nominee. So she is smart in that respect. She's also smart in that respect because she is uh, vehemently uh, hates Donald Trump, like most of the Democrats. And I think they view her as a good uh, attack dog type uh, to go against Trump. And that's traditionally what the vice president does. He's also right about an African-American female, not because of any inherent uh, dislike of her because of her her race or her gender. It's just that the African-American females that are on the VP shortlist are are just way too far to the left of the mainstream where the country is. And I don't think that they could yeah. bring the swing states that uh, Biden needs uh, to win in November. I think a black female would be a great choice. But the only two that you really hear uh, that are uh, at the top of the the list being discussed are Kamala Harris and Stacey Abrams, and those aren't the two. So uh, along those lines, I agree with what both of you are saying. However, a different black female uh, vice president uh, nominee, I I think, could do Joe Biden. And let me me just be perfectly clear here, guys. I'm I'm speaking from an African-American perspective here. In the African-American community— we had churches where women, and Chris, you know this very well, where women can't sit in the pulpit, where they can't lead the churches, uh, uh, they can't be the the the, the, the pastors um, of particular in, in particular dom- denominations. And I hear, you know, and there is still a bunch of the the ones the the greatest voting block of African Americans, forty five plus, that would not pick a African American woman um, to be on the ticket. So. I don't even think about the fact that their 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 gender and their race. I'm saying, even in the African American community, I want to win, and it's yeah. not about symbolism and it's not about feeling good. I want to win November third. We need a white well, female or a white male this time around. I just only got a 
Only got a couple minutes to go, Keith, so I want to get to a couple things uh, quickly. Uh, the situation with Tara Reid and the sexual misconduct allegations against Joe Biden, uh, they seem to me to be as credible, if not more credible, than some other situations we've seen covered in the news. Um, uh, what do you think of the accusations against uh, uh, Joe Biden and how it, it could affect uh, this race? Well, I, I think that, you know, I, and, and I argued with, 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 with our good friend Mark Cox on the bottom line this week, and I, and I went back and forth with Chris on, on Facebook. I think that, you know, not the fact that it's 27 years old, not the fact that, you know, I, I really, I'm, I'm for, let's, let's bring it to somewhere instead of the, 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 the uh, uh, Facebook, you know, quarter law or, or the public quarter law. Let, let, let's let's have it. If that's the case, let me say this. Let me be real clear. If if he did that, then he should not be the nominee. If he did that, and we can prove it, if we have enough time, you know, before November third, he should step down. I'm, I'm I'm with everyone else, but I just think that it's all of a sudden. Here is a guy. How did we miss it when he got vetted? To, and you know, you get vetted for VP especially when he's running with an African-American male, they're looking at everything from birth certificates to, you know, what you ate for breakfast this morning. How did it get past it? And I, I'm only asking, and Chris, you're smarter than me. How yeah. did we get past it? You're asking I, all the I, same I, questions I, Brett Kavanaugh did. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you exactly how <laughs> it happened, Keith. In 2008, the media wanted the first black African, the first African-American president. And there was they had anointed him and there was no way they were going to let any allegations against the first the black president's VP affect their anointing and, and inaugurating Barack Obama as the first black president. That's how it happened. That's why it was overlooked and no one saw it. And the problem that the Democrats have, Keith, even if these allegations are old and why didn't anybody vet it, the problems that the Democrats have is that 37 percent of Americans believe that Joe Biden sexually assaulted this woman. Thirty two, thirty two percent don't. And that 28 percent of Democratic women, over a quarter, want someone else as their nominee. Plus, you have 15 percent of Bernie Sanders people saying that they are not going to vote for Biden. Your party is fractured. And I don't see how they can put all those all of those different factors together by November. Only a minute left, well, Keith. You, uh, you got the last word. You got sixty seconds. Go ahead. Okay. okay. All right. I can tell you, we've got seventy-five thousand dead Americans. We've got thirty million <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, people unemployed. We got the highest unemployment rate since the Great Depression. This is why we need an hour with Keith. We need. It I, took. It, it, I have need. to give it to Keith. It took until the end of the show to reel out the talking points. We need it. <laughs> We need a whole hour with you. You're 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 opening up cans of worms that I so want to debate with you, and and we're we're unfortunately out of time. I'll tell you what, we're gonna have you back very soon, so we All can right, get guys. into uh, these these topics. In the meantime, if people want to follow you, social media, websites, all that uh, kind of stuff, how can they keep up? With America's favorite liberal. Chris, uh, look, they can go on Chris Arp's Facebook page. That's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, thanks a lot. I'm at Keith Antone on all social media. And on a serious note, 
God bless you, and God bless America. Yeah, back yeah. at you. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. Uh, always great to talk with you, my friend. Always great to debate and uh, argue a bit, and I look forward to the next opportunity to do so. That is America's favorite liberal, Keith Antone. We'll talk Patriotic to you soon. Democrat. You don't see too many of those. Yeah, there you go. All right, we got to take a break, and when we get back, Skip Weber and the Weird News Challenge. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Take this drink, take my hand, FM Talk, Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Frank Ladd. My partner Chris Arps is connected via the miracle of modern technology to his basement as we continue to practice proper... Yeah, the bunker. The the Arps bunker. Um, As we continue to practice proper social distancing and uh, joining us on the line now as well is Skip Weber from Weber Chevrolet. Always great to talk with you, Skip. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Tony. How are you guys doing? I tell you what, you had a heck of a lead in this week. Uh, Keith Antone, America's favorite liberal, uh, just like at the when I told him he had 60 seconds left, he decided to say some of the most inflammatory things <laughs> and try to start a fight right at the end. So, no, it wasn't that bad, but he did try to start a, a, an argument right at the end of his interview. So uh, you, you got quite well, the lead uh, in this now week. Now, listen, you know that I don't come in here to discuss politics. No. I'm Absolutely not. not. You know, I like you. I like you guys, and I know how everybody feels and stuff. But, but, but me coming on following that is in no way an endorsement of those views. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I wanted to give you the opportunity to distance yourself. I don't yourself know what they are. Yeah, either, I know. I, I know. know. <laughs> Whatever they might be. Well, here's the here's the important thing. This is episode seventy eight of the Weird News Challenge. We're going to be at 100 here soon. I'm going to have to do something really cool for the 100th edition of the Weird News yeah, Challenge. Yeah, we may have to actually play it live I for the 100th. I think yeah. we have. These I think are we, terrible. These are these 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 over the phone things yeah. when, you know, they're terrible. I I don't know if I've even gotten one question right. Well, yet, so I mean, it'll be, you know, <laughs> Didn't it, you win like 2 weeks ago? No, I didn't. I have never won on the phone. Really? Wow, really? that's interesting. Yeah. The hmm. phone is his kryptonite. Um, when we get I to think, that 100th uh, I think episode, there was one time when I was tied. We were tied, and I lost a tiebreaker or something like that. We will, we but, will, uh, but for that's sure. Only, that's the only time I've even answered a question right. We will for sure at least video. We'll have to do something really cool. I'm sure by that time we'll all be back together in the studio. Knock well, on wood. I think and, by next week we're going to be. Yeah, so we will be able to. Uh, we'll be able to do something cool and and uh, put it on video for everybody. So this is episode 78, and uh, in episode 77, producer Frank Ladd. Got his first ever victory, and he's been talking all day about how he's going to start a winning streak. I'd he like hasn't to thank, shut up about it. Thank uh, my family for all the support. <laughs> they understood while I was away training and prepping all week long. They knew 
that I would finally yes. reach the Golden Chalice. Yes. Wow. And they're ready for they're me to bring another serious. one home. I like it. So today's Weird News Challenge is a traditional episode. Uh, Mother's Day is tomorrow. We haven't even mentioned that. Mother's Day is tomorrow. So there is a, a, a this isn't a full-blown Mother's Day edition, but there will be some Mother's Day uh, questions involved in this week's uh, Weird News Challenge. There's also some uh, traditional, just weird news story questions. Of course, a tiebreaker if we need it. And at the very end of everything, the QMD, the Question of Mass Destruction, which which will uh, give that person, if they're able to answer it, an automatic win no matter what the score is. So it's never over until the QMD happens. Uh, as I mentioned, this is episode 78. Frank Ladd is the defending champion after getting his first ever victory last week. Skip still has a large lead in the overall rankings, and uh, Chris Arps has recently passed Trish Gazelle for second place on the all-time rankings. So, good stuff. Uh, is- well, there were there were some allegations last week that somehow the questions made it into my hand early. Oh, yeah. And I would like to point out that those are... Hundred percent false. Well, I didn't even print because these. Because Tony doesn't print these. Yeah, you you have not printed these until immediately before the segment. Yes, I, these, so they're the never questions in the weren't studio. in the studio until about a minute ago. So Correct. yeah, there's no no. Well, I Frank, I think you incriminate yourself by bringing that up. <laughs> I, I for, Chris, I'm just looking at Tony shuffling them. But I for one am thoroughly relieved that the person who's accused is denying any wrongdoing. <laughs> that, exactly. clears, that, that clears that, that right up. Way better. Right, right. That clears it up. <laughs> no, Tony's not denying anything wrong. He's the one who was accused of leaving them, them yeah, out. That's true. That's true. All yeah. right. Uh, before we get started, let's test our buzzers. Chris Arps. <laughs> Skip Weber. Ding, 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 ding. Frank Ladd. Frank. There it is. The now champion, Frank. Yes. Here we go, Weekend Report Weird News Challenge, episode number 78. Katie Fitzpatrick rule is not in effect. You can buzz in any time you like during the question. Uh, episode 78, question number one. Here we go. An insect native to Asia. Frank. Ding, 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 ding. Frank already got in. No. He did. Murder hornet. That is correct. The murder that hornet. That is terrible. Time delay or something like that. No, he beat you. <laughs> he beat you. He beat you by it was noticeable. He beat yeah, you. Yeah, because it's over the phone. You're well, listening to him there. And I, got, I understand oh, what terrible. I do. Hey, I tell you what. Delay. I told you because of, because you guys are uh, connected via phone lines. The tie will always go to to uh, somebody on the phone. <laughs> but he was in there before you. All right, uh, that is correct. The, the whole question, an insect native to Asia has made its way to the U.S. and it's getting a lot of attention, probably because of its scary moniker. What is this insect called? Frank was right. It is the murder hornet. Best potential band name ever. Oh, I forgot to mention there are six questions on this week's uh, edition of the Weird News Challenge, all worth one point. And then we have the tiebreaker and the QMD after that. Question number two. A woman in Kentucky went viral this week when she was filmed buying stuff from a gas station. In the video, she's wearing a mask, but there's a big hole cut right in the middle of the mask. Why did she cut a hole in her mask? She was asked by the clerk at the gas station, like, hey, what's going on with your mask there? And she explained why she was walking around with the ma- her mask on, but with a big hole cut in the middle of it. Anybody Frank. want to take a guess? Yes, Frank. Ding, 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 ding. I'll Frank's, take a guess. Frank's already in. Wanted, okay. She wanted to make sure people saw her smile. That is incorrect. Skip. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. I'm going to say... She wanted to be able to smoke a cigarette through the hole. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, but it is not right. It's a more, uh, Chris, it's a more reasonable answer you than take, mine. <laughs> Chris, you want to take a guess? 
Uh, no clue. She said that she cut the hole in the mask because it makes it easier to breathe. <laughs> he literally said, "What do you? What's? What? What's? Why did you do that to your mask?" Oh, it, she says, "Because we had to wear them, and uh, this just makes it easier to breathe." Kentucky, huh? Kentucky. Uh, question number three: Mother's Day is tomorrow. Within five, what year was Mother's Day made? Ding, 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 yes, ding, ding. Skip Weber. I will say that it is 1930. Incorrect. Yes. Chris Hart. Uh, 1917. That is correct. 1914. Wow. Yes. yes. Mother's Day is tomorrow within five. What year was Mother's Day made a U.S. holiday? The answer is 1914. Chris is correct. Question. I guessed on that one completely. Yeah, good one. Question number four. Who was the United States president in 1914? Yes. Woodrow Wilson. That is correct. Good job, Skip. The whole question was, who was the president in 1914 that made that proclamation, making Mother's Day a U.S. holiday? The answer is Woodrow Wilson. Uh, Four questions down. It is one to one to one and uh, two questions to go. Question number five. A new survey asked parents about the appropriate age to give kids something for the first time, various items. According to that survey, at what age should you give a kid their first allowance? Chris Arps. Nine. Got it. Chris Arps. Nine years old. That was a guess. That was great. Another guess. All right. Question number six. Yeah. Either Frank or Skip can force uh, a tiebreaker uh, with Chris or he can win it outright if you guys are unable to get this question. According to that same survey, at what age should a kid get their first cell phone? Skip. The tie. I will say the age of 12. Incorrect. Chris. I'm out. You're out. 11. QMD. 11. He got it. Chris Arps. (laughs) 11. No need for the tiebreaker. There's no way it was going to be 11. All right. Chris Arps is one for now. We'll get to the QMD (laughs) in a second. The tiebreaker, had we have needed it, the pandemic has us. Thinking about our hands and keeping them clean pretty much all the time. A new survey found that since coronavirus, what percentage of people wash their hands after every use of their cell phone? Frank, what do you think? What percentage of people wash their hands after every use of their cell phone? Four. (laughs) Okay. Skip, what do you think? What percentage of people wash their... 15. What do you think, Chris? I was going with 15. Well, he went 15. What are you going to go? Let's go with 16 and a half. It's 72. Those people are liars. Since Corona. No way. A new survey found that since coronavirus, 72% of people say they wash their hands after every use of their cell phone. I agree. There's no way. All right. No way. It's not possible. Chris Arps has won, and the only way you can steal it from him is right here with the QMD. Of course, Chris, you can still buzz in. If Frank or Skip are able to get this, it's an automatic victory, and they steal the game from Chris Arps. Today's Mm. QMD. The fewest counties that any state has is three. What state is that? Ding, 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 ding. Skip Weber. Okay. Three counties. (laughs) I'm going to go As he Googles it. Well, 
for a second there, I, I was gonna say I was gonna say Hawaii, okay, mm. but then I go, wait, every island is probably a county, so I'm going to say with uh, let's go with uh, Delaware. It's Delaware. Whoa! It's Delaware. <laughs> Skip Good job, Skip. has stolen the game from Chris Harms oh by God. getting you the QMD. The fewest counties. Forty-five seconds to that figure it out. Any state has is three, and that is the state of no, Delaware. No, and here's why: because it that's would never be the I'm smallest on, that's state. Under it would right. never be the. It would never be Rhode state, Island. So You're state. right. Yeah, it that's, would never be the smallest state. So I went with the second smallest state. I, I believe Rhode Island has five. When I was huh. when I was getting this question together, I believe they have five, and they're the they're the second uh, smallest. Or maybe it's Hawaii that has five. The second one of the one of the other. So. Uh, Skip Weber has stolen the game from Chris Arps by getting the question of mass destruction. I want to protest and say that from now on, on Masters of Disaster questions, (laughs) there is a strict time limit. You know what? I will take that into consideration, but it doesn't help you this week. Skip Weber. It doesn't help me, but that needs to be a time limit on it. That was (laughs) stolen from me. (laughs) (laughs) Skip, before we run out of time, what's happening at Weber Chevrolet? Hey, we are uh, fully open, mm-hmm. and Chevrolet has got great incentives for us, and they're across the whole board. And I'm going to tell you, I was talking to somebody just the other day about this, just just yesterday about this. Uh, you know, we always sell a ton of Silverados. And as a matter of fact, last month, the month of April, in the car industry, not just General Motors, not just Chevrolet, not just St. Louis, but in the United States, for one month, more pickup trucks were sold than passenger cars. And if you think about that, there's only four brands that have pickup trucks. So all the other brands, all those cars, still pickup trucks outsold cars. So part of that, I look at that and I go, no wonder we sold so many Colorados and we sold a ton of heavy-duty big trucks, Hmm. three-quarter and one-ton trucks last month, and it's still going. And part of the reason is Chevrolet's incentives and and reasons to buy are across their whole board. Yeah, tell us about those Not, incentives. What what's what are what are the offers? I know there were some crazy offers during coronavirus. Are those still um, happening, even though things are starting abs- to open back absolutely, up? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you can you have the zero percent for certain amounts of times, but really the dollars that they give you on top of it, if you couple that with how low the regular interest rates are, your payments and your you know your amount out is is actually lower typically uh, than that than even worrying about getting the uh, incentivized zero percent and on top of all that we still have the ability to not pay for three or four months and that's wow. really probably the most popular of all of our but you don't have to give anything up for that yeah okay right. so you can still get the good rebates and the good pricing without that and so you know it's just um, it it really is a really good a really good strategy by GM. Now it costs them money, but they're selling still selling less than what we normally would. So I think what they're, and and as a matter of fact, general motors as a corporation made money last month, um, even with high incentives. So that's why they probably left them on at some point. The, the, it's going to burst, and we're going to sell what we normally sell in a month, and it's going to cost GM a ton of money because mm-hmm. they'll say, oh, my gosh, we're selling – we just did the same incentives for three times the cars. But uh, at the same time, we'll be buying cars from them, so they'll be getting money from them too. You know, So we'll see. But right yeah. now, it really is uh, a great, great time to buy. It really is. If you don't mind – yeah. The fact that you're going into a situation where we're going to be social distancing and we're going to, we're still asking for appointments. You don't have to have them. 
but we'd like it, it's a little bit better of yeah. us to be able to control the distancing within the dealership if we know kind of who's coming in. And you can prep a little bit. You can do a little bit of prep before you head in by checking out WeberChevrolet.com because you can see a lot of the great deals and and selection there as well. Uh, Only a few seconds left, Skip. Tonight, the Saturday evening rock show. What's happening? So uh, uh, eight new artists. Really, really Ooh. weird that that I, uh, the theme that we took, and it, they're all good songs, and it's not like obscure people. There's like there's like two of those bands that are kind of obscure, but everybody else is bands that lots of people like, but we just have never gotten to them before. Right. It's really kind of funny how many good uh, how much good music is out there. But yeah, eight new artists, really good theme. Uh, it is a request theme, so That's cool. Uh, it's a fun thing. I think people no, really, really like it. No better way to spend your Saturday night than with the Saturday Evening Rock Show, 9 to 11 every Saturday here, the number one music show on a talk station in the world, the Saturday Evening Rock Show with Skip Weber, of course. Uh, you can follow Saturday Evening Rock Show on Facebook. A lot of cool stuff happening there as well. Skip, thanks so much for your time, sir, and we will talk to you again next week. Congratulations on the win. Thanks, guys. Take care. You bet. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk to our buddy Brian Agers from Agers HBAC. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 971. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo and producer Frank Ladd here in studio. And as I mentioned in the last segment, joining us on the line now, one of the great sponsors of this show, uh, someone I uh, love to talk to whenever we get the opportunity, our friend Brian Ager is the owner of Ager's HVAC. Brian, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. How are you doing? I can't. Uh, I can't complain. Uh, the weather's starting to get nicer. Things are starting to open back up. So I, I have a little optimism for the first time in a while. Uh, what's happening out at uh, at Agers? Did you guys? Uh, how much did the coronavirus pandemic uh, affect you guys? I'm sure it had impact on the business. And are you starting to see the things coming back now? As as we start to cross the line and open back up? Uh, I am, and it did have some effect. Um, I can't tell you specifically what that is because it's been a very cool uh, start to the spring so far, and that may have certainly had an impact on it because I know in previous years we've had heat that has rolled in a little earlier than this. Um, You know, everybody wants to say, oh, business is slow. You know, the the whole industry business is slow because of COVID-19, and it's like, well, Maybe, but it could also be because it's not hot out. Right, <laughs> so, right. But yeah, things are starting to open up. Um, I think customers are realizing that uh, despite everything that you hear on TV and all of the fear that's being put out there uh, by the media channels that life has to go on and uh, furnace filters still need to get changed mm-hmm. and 
everything moves forward. So I imagine um, that probably systems are getting more work because people are at home now during the day when they wouldn't normally be. And I got to say, um, people hear me talk about Eggers all the time. And I really mean it when I say that it, I'm very proud to uh, to talk about your business because the way that you put the customer uh, above everyone else and doing right by the customer and the customer safety and the steps that you've taken as far as keeping your staff and your customers safe with the extra sanitation processes that you guys have been going through, uh, some of the offers, the incentives that you have put in place, including the ability to finance repairs for the first time ever uh, just during the coronavirus pandemic to sort of help people out. Um, I just think that that kind of uh, stuff is amazing. And I just want to say thank you for, uh, uh, you know, taking care of the of your customers like that. Well, and I mean, it's our pleasure. I think we're all in kind of, you know, territory that nobody clearly expected to be in. And, you know, it, it, you sit here as a guy who runs a heating and air conditioning company and you're thinking, you know, what can I do? What practically can I do to impact people? And you're right. There are people who are at home a bunch more and they're realizing that, you know, that thing that kind of irritated me in the evenings when I came home from work, well, now it's irritating me like All the day. entire day. Yeah. yeah. So, so there is, there is definitely movement as far as that goes, but, you know, we've tried to respond, um, you know, with everything that you just pointed out to allay the, the, the fears and the concerns of people's safety. We don't want to get sick. We certainly don't want to, uh, spread anything. So we have taken extra precautions like asking our employees and our customers to keep 10 feet away instead of six, um, you know, we've we've gone away from asking customers to sign uh, the the iPad digitally when they're finished, and we just ask for a verbal now. Uh, so, I mean, there's things that we're doing certainly to take steps, and then um, you know, our lenders have been great as far as opening up programs like the six month of no payment, no interest financing uh, that then rolls into regular financing terms. Oh, that's amazing. Which. Yeah, I mean, it helps people, you know, who are on the fence and eh, I'm not sure what the outlook's going to be over the next couple of months. It it even it eases. Uh, what am I trying to say here? It it eases yeah. the burden. Is what <laughs> so we only have a, a, a few minutes, so I want to kind of get to a couple things very quickly here with uh, Brian Agers from Agers HVACs. You mentioned it's been a cool start to the summer, but people are going to start putting that pressure on their air conditioning system. Um, is there any signs? Uh, general signs that when you when we start to turn the air conditioners back on and, and start running them hard again, that there could be a problem? Is there things that you can kind of look for to know, like maybe Eggers needs to come out and take a look, or maybe it's time for a, a whole new system? Like what can people look for as they make that transition? You can look visually at your condenser, the air conditioner that sits outside, and if it's dirty, then mm. that's an immediate sign that it needs to be serviced. You can look at your filter. And if it's dirty, that's an immediate sign that it needs to be replaced. Uh, paper filters aren't washable, and a lot of people ask that questions, but no, you can't vacuum them out. You can't wash them out. They need to be replaced. And then other things that you can look for, if you know your filter's been changed, but you're not getting about a 20-degree drop from what's going into the return duct uh, measured against what's coming out of the supply, then that's not good. Your your efficiencies come when you're getting about 20 degrees of heat removed. So if it's 75 going in, it should be kind of 
20 degrees below that coming out. And if you're not getting that 20 degree drop, that's a sign that you're either low on refrigerant or something's not functioning like it should be. And that's certainly something we check when we're out. And if you're ever, if you are in the uh, market for a new HVAC system, the mobile showroom that you guys have at Agers is what, for me, sets you apart from anyone else. Mobile showroom will show up at your house and give you a chance to touch, feel, operate, see uh, all the different options. It's not just like, here's the three most expensive systems we have, and we're trying to show them off. you got every price level uh, represented in the mobile showroom, so customers can uh, make the right choice for them if you are looking for a new system. Uh, only a minute to go, Brian, so before we let you go, tell people how they can learn more about the mobile showroom, everything that you guys offer, uh, social media, website, all that good stuff. Well, you can find us online at callagers.com. Uh, you can certainly call our office at 636-681-1976. And then probably the most mobile showroom uh, exposure that you're going to see is on our Facebook page. And uh, it's just Agers Heating and Air Conditioning. There is an Agers Heating and Air Conditioning in Illinois. We're not affiliated with them. Huh, but uh, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, no, I, it, I didn't either until after we were in business. But uh, <laughs> But um, but that's a good resource to go and see what's going on and what the uh, current offers and whatnot are. Great stuff. Brian Agers, Agers HVAC, thanks again for your time, and thanks for everything you do here for the uh, station and the show. Talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks for the visit. Okay, yeah, bye-bye. You bet. All right, that is going to wrap up this edition of the Weekend Report. If you missed anything, get the podcast. Best place to do so is the Radio.com app. It's free. Just favorite the radio station after you download the podcast or after you download the app, the Radio.com app, and uh, you can get the podcast for free right there. For my partner, Chris Arps, and our producer, Frank Ladd, I am Tony Colombo. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Weekend Report. We will see you back here next week. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. Have a great day and a great week. See ya. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 